This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Due to the graphic nature of these crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of extreme sexual abuse and violence toward children that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under the age of 13. Today is Friday, October 16, 2020. On this day in 1965, British police found the body of missing 10-year-old girl Leslie Ann Downey. Leslie was one of the five young victims of serial killers Ian Brady and Myra Hindley. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the grisly end of the search for 10-year-old Leslie Ann Downey. Let's go back to October 16, 1965, to an eerie, isolated place in northern England known as Saddleworth Moor. The Manchester police quickly spread out across Saddleworth, a 30-square-mile expanse of hill country. They were determined to find Leslie Ann Downey and had strong reason to believe she was buried somewhere on the moor. Unfortunately, authorities had only discovered that information while investigating the murder of another youth named Edward Evans. The sudden break came under tragic circumstances, but it meant investigators finally had the chance to solve a mystery that had haunted Manchester and Leslie's family for 10 long months. Leslie was last seen on December 26, 1964, Boxing Day in England. The brunette, blue-eyed 10-year-old lived in an apartment in Manchester with her mother, three brothers, and her mother's fiancé. Shy, polite Leslie was likely in high spirits that day. She'd gotten a toy sewing machine from Santa the morning before, and there was no cause for post-Christmas blues. She was even going to a local holiday carnival with her neighbors and siblings. Her mother had given her a whole sixpence to spend. The carnival was a winter wonderland, but by early evening, Leslie was left alone at the fair. Some sources indicate that her friends had run out of money and gone home, while others say she was left there by her older brother. Either way, Leslie was defenseless as she strolled straight into the path of a dangerous killer, who upon first glance appeared just as innocent and wholesome as Leslie herself. A young woman in her 20s walked by Leslie that night, dropping a bag onto the ground as she passed. 
She asked Leslie to help her pick it up and load it in her car, which the polite girl gladly agreed to do. In the parking lot, the woman asked if Leslie wanted a ride home. She allegedly accepted, and the two drove off together. That was the last night anyone saw Leslie and Downey alive. When Leslie's mother, Anne, and her future husband, Alan, realized the girl was missing, they set off for the fairground to find her. After having no luck there, they went to the police. Though Leslie's family held out hope as the officers mounted a search effort, the little girl would remain missing until October 1965. That month, Manchester police received unsettling information from a traumatized young man named David Smith. He claimed that the night before, he'd witnessed his sister-in-law, Myra Hindley, and her boyfriend, Ian Brady, brutally murder a teenager named Edward Evans. Ian was a mentor to David and made him promise to return the next day to help them bury Evans in Saddleworth Moor. But David went to the police instead, leading officers to Ian and Myra's home. After a search, they discovered Edward's body hacked to pieces by an axe. By October 11th, Ian and Myra were in police custody. The couple's crime was horrific, but David claimed it was only the tip of the iceberg. Ian and Myra had told him that they had killed before. After searching the couple's belongings, officers found photos of Saddleworth Moor along with a notebook page on which a single name was scribbled over and over, John Kilbride. Kilbride was a 12-year-old boy who had disappeared in November 1963. Now police were certain that Ian and Myra had something to do with it. Continuing their search, they soon found a suitcase the couple had clearly taken pains to hide. It's likely officers were hoping to find a clue about Edward Evans or John Kilbride inside, but instead, they found something much more disturbing. Pictures of Leslie Ann Downey, naked, gagged, and tied to a bed. Police were horrified. It was clear that only Saddleworth Moore held the answers to their disturbing questions. On October 16, 1965, a search team was dispatched there. After hours of poking around the Moore's soft peat, an officer noticed the bone of a human arm sticking out of the ground. After a dig, he uncovered the decomposed body of a little girl. By the time the search was over, the murder of Leslie Ann Downey would be cemented as one of the most terrifying crimes in British history. Up next, we'll learn the terrible truth about how Leslie died. Listeners, who doesn't love a good ghost story? Rattling chains, mysteriously moving objects, unfinished business. I am ready for all things spooky, and so is Parcast Network. 
Starting October 1st, we're bringing you the scariest, most hair-raising ghost stories ever imagined. Every Thursday on the new original series, Haunted Places Ghost Stories, Alastair Murden summons a new spine-tingling tale of wraiths, phantoms, and chilling apparitions. These stories come from all over the world, including Japan, India, the UK, and even ancient Rome. Don't miss stone-cold classics like The Kit Bag by Algernon Blackwood, a sinister account of a condemned murderer's final wish, and the lengths he'd go to fulfill it. And The Miserere, a Spanish tale of a wandering musician who hears a terrifyingly beautiful song in a burned-out monastery and is doomed to capture its notes until he dies. You can find and follow Haunted Places Ghost Stories free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, October is our favorite month and one of our busiest. So make sure to search ParCast Network in the Spotify search bar to see all our new shows. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On October 16, 1965, police found the body of 10-year-old Leslie Ann Downey buried in Saddleworth Moor. Officers in Manchester, England knew Myra Hindley and Ian Brady were responsible for Leslie's death, but they had no idea why the couple had killed an innocent child. It was tragic enough that Leslie's body was found buried in a shallow grave. The nude, bound, and gagged photos of the girl in Myra and Ian's possession were even more concerning. However, even those weren't the most disturbing evidence detectives found in the killer couple's suitcase. There was also an audio tape, and while authorities had to play it for Leslie's mother so she could identify her daughter, watching her listen to it must have been excruciating. The 16-minute recording was taken on the night Leslie disappeared, December 26, 1964. On it, Myra could be heard hitting a struggling Leslie so that Ian could photograph her. As the poor girl fought against her captors and their sadistic sexual torture, Ian threatened to slit her throat. Throughout the audio of her assault, little Leslie pleaded for her mom. The tape was absolutely sickening, and that's what prosecutors were counting on when they played it for a shocked courtroom at Ian and Myra's trial in April 1966. The couple stood accused of murdering the three children whose bodies had been recovered, Leslie, Edward Evans, and John Kilbride. Kilbride's body was uncovered in the moor just days after police found Leslie. It was clear he'd also been sexually assaulted before his death. Myra and Ian became objects of scorn and fascination for all of England after their arrests. On the surface, the 20-something lovers seemed like average office workers. 
but investigators discovered that they were secretly not only sadists, but even Nazi sympathizers. Myra lured children in by pretending to need help getting things to her car. It was exactly this tactic that allowed her to kidnap Leslie from the Boxing Day Carnival. Afterward, she took the children back to Ian's home, where they were assaulted, tortured, and killed, then buried on Saddleworth Moor. During an interrogation, Ian Brady admitted to being the one who planned the murders. Myra claimed she was innocent. She insisted that she was always in a different room when the real violence happened, and that she was a helpless victim of Ian's manipulation. Myra was somewhat convincing, especially because in the 1960s, nobody wanted to believe a nice young woman was really a child murderer. But she had one major problem. The 16-minute recording of Leslie's torture and assault featured her as a key player. She sounded just as unhinged as Ian did. On May 6, 1966, almost 18 months after Leslie's death, Ian Brady and Myra Hindley were found guilty. Both were given consecutive life sentences. Ian was convicted of all three murders, but prosecutors were unable to find enough evidence to tie Myra to John Kilbride's death. Because of this, she would be eligible for parole after 25 years in prison, and she fully intended to walk free. Throughout the 1980s, Myra desperately tried to downplay her involvement in Leslie's murder. She wrote to Leslie's mother, Anne West, claiming that she never tortured the girl, even though the audio evidence from the trial clearly contradicted her. Leslie's family believed it was just Myra's attempt to curry public favor before parole hearings. They remained firm in their conviction that Myra was a murderous monster, just like her lover, Ian. In 2002, changes in England's prison laws finally gave Myra a real chance at getting out of jail on parole. But before the change went into effect, she died of a chest infection on November 15, 2002. Ian Brady died 15 years later at the age of 79. The kidnapping, assault, and murder of Leslie Ann Downey was a wake-up call to 1960s England. It showed an entire nation that no child was truly safe, not even at a Christmas carnival mere blocks from their mother's house. What was especially scary to many was that Leslie's captors seemed just as innocent. They appeared to be a young couple in love who worked nine to five, at least on most days. But every once in a while, Ian Brady and Myra Hindley's disturbing appetites stirred, and innocent children paid the price. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Today in True Crime and all other originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime.
Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Amin Osman, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Remember to join Alastair Murden every Thursday for the all-new series, Haunted Places, Ghost Stories. Don't miss the most chilling spirits ever imagined by authors from around the world. Follow Haunted Places, Ghost Stories free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.